wants to refresh you today. Psalms 23.3 says that he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. So I understand that God wants to refresh me. In other words, God wants to refresh you to protect his reputation. For his namesake, he's going to refresh you. For his namesake, he's going to restore your soul because his reputation is on the line. He wants to know, you to know that he is going to walk with you. And see, so many of us, I want us to get real because so many of us, have this facade that everything is perfect, that everything is always great. I grew up my whole life wanting everyone to think that I was perfect, that I had it all together, that I didn't uh, lack anything. But the truth is, I lived the most first half of my life insecure. I walked in fear. I walked, I was shy. I was, you know, had trouble even speaking in front of a crowd. And most people know me as an evangelist, an international evangelist and an author, but you don't really know my story. You don't know the struggles that I walked through to get to where I am today. See, the majority of the first half of my life, I lived hidden, hidden in the shadows hidden in the darkness. See, hidden, and most of the time just feeling like I was out of breath. Most of the time just feeling like I was just gasping for that life, for that breath that I needed so desperately. And so, you know, I call it the shh factor. You know, I, I call it because so many times I was shy in the first half of my life. I couldn't even stand in front of a crowd and say my name. And then, you know, going from being shy to feeling like I was shunned because I didn't fit in. I didn't have what it took and everything to, at times, being shoved in the early years of ministry, being shoved aside, you know, because I didn't fit the part. And then from being shoved to being shelved, just being shelved, not knowing what my purpose was, not knowing what God wanted to do in me not knowing any of those things, but I went from that to finding him in the midst of all of it and shouting from the rooftops the freedom that God can bring into your life. You know, see the first half of my life, like I said, I was hidden, hidden so many times, you know, from being that shy little girl on a park bench, and I'll talk about that some other time in, in later uh, Facebook Lives, that park bench encounter that changed me forever to walking through my life not knowing what my purpose is and everything but you know what there comes a moment in your life where you lay aside all the insecurities all the junk that's going on in your life and you say god i want to be used by you i want to to rise above everything that's going on in my life and the only way that happens is when the breath of god blows into your life blows out all the insecurities which insecurities in my life was really just pride and he blew out the pride in my life to you know so many times I have spent more time being hidden than I ever have on the stage that I have spent more time being in that place of hiding but I've learned so much more in the darkness so much more in the hiding so much more in those places of isolation than I ever have in the victory 
because it was in those moments where God had to take me sometimes into that chrysalis, just like a butterfly, take me into the place of hiding, take me into the place of getting away from the world, getting away from all the things that could influence me in a negative way and get me to that place, that chrysalis, just like the butterfly, the, the caterpillar goes into that chrysalis because it is the protected stage of development. Some of you may be in a dark place today. You may feel like you've been hidden. You may feel like you've been placed in this island of isolation. But if you will allow God to, to wrap you up, to put you in that cocoon, to put you in that chrysalis so that he can prepare you for that time of being his big reveal. You are his big reveal. He wants you to be the illustration at the end of the sermon. He wants you to be that one that comes out of that place of hiding, out of the dark room. That's where the, the film gets developed, is in the dark room, so that it can become what it is meant to become. So don't sit and resent the times of isolation, the times of going into the desert, because that's where he will bring you out, having spoke to you in the midst of your darkness. See, I've learned that you are God's big reveal. He wants to prepare you. Psalm 27 says, For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of a sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. See, I want to share a story, share a little bit with you today because I want to talk about the breathing room. Have you ever felt like you have been out of breath? Have you ever felt like you were at the end, that you are at that place where you just cannot seem to get to where you're wanting? See, but I want you to get to a place where you go deeper, to that place where that point of being out of breath is the point that pushes you into his presence. Let's talk about the breath of God because there are so many moments in the Bible that represent the breathing room. I remember Isaiah when he was running because the king, King Uzziah had died and he ran into a cave. That cave became a launching pad for his destiny because he ran in out of breath. But when he was in the cave, God filled him to a point where he would run out and make a difference. See, uh, in Moses, in the Bible, his breathing room was on the backside of the desert. He was isolated on the backside of the desert where God met with him and breathed into him so that he would have the strength to do what God had called him to do. Or the Shunammite woman in the Bible who created a breathing room for the presence of God, which brought life to her family. See, some of you are weary and you're tired, but I'll never forget because what represents to me, I, we travel for a living. We're on airplanes every single week. And what amazes me is when we get on the airplane and the flight attendant comes on and she's going through all the safety tips that you can quote by heart when you're on a plane every week. And she gets to the point where she says, in the case of an emergency, which we all hope that never happens, but in the case of an emergency, put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you put it on anyone else. And when we first started traveling, that really bothered me because I thought, why would I put my oxygen mask on myself first? I'm going to put it on my child. I'm going to put it on my son. I'm going to put it on my daughter. I'm going to make sure that they're going to survive. But the truth of it is, in order to help anyone else, I've got to be able to breathe. 
in order to help anyone else. I've got to be able to survive. And there's some of us who are always trying to, to save everyone else. We're always putting the, the life vest on everyone else. We're always putting the, the oxygen mask on everyone else when we are desperately in need of a breath and a fresh breath from God. And some of us need to realize that we have got to make sure that we are healthy, that we are breathing in the life-giving breath so that we can help others. And so, you know, when you come to that realization that it's not about being selfish, it's about making sure that we live so that we can lead others to life. But I love what it says in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. This, I read this scripture and I was just amazed. It says, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. You know, so many times I have read scripture in my life where I just kind of brush over things. But as I was reading this, God began to speak to my heart and he began to say, Karen, there is something deeper here that you need to see. It says the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. I don't know about you, but there's been times where there has been darkness over the surface of my life. There has been void in my life. There has been moments where I have felt empty and that there was nothing there. But the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. And so what I want to tell you is I want you to look at this scripture because it says that God said, he spoke, he spoke into existence. He spoke and when he spoke, the breath went forward and went in. He said, let there be light and there was light. For those of you who are watching today, for my friends that are out there, I want you to know, you may feel like you're in a dark place right now, but when the breath of God enters you, and I believe that God is going about to step in, walk in to where you're at right now, because in your desolation, in your desperation, in your chaos, in all the things that are going on in your life, all it takes is for one word from God to come forth and his breath blows forth and, and reaches out and touches you where you're at. It's through your your breath that words are formed. See, it says God spoke and the breath came forth. When he spoke, the word was formed. That's what happens when he speaks, the word is formed and it's put into place. It also says, it goes on to say in the gospel of John, that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Do you understand that? I, it took me a while and I kept reading it and I thought in the beginning was the word, the breath, and the word was with God. The breath was with God and the word was God. The breath was with, see it's, they're all the same. The spirit was hovering over the waters, over the darkness, over all of this, the breath. See, I think sometimes we miss things when we read scripture. I know I do, because it, it took me years to really start to really dive in and to, to dig deep. But I think we miss things sometimes when we're, when we're reading the scriptures. And we, if we read it in just the, the current English version of the word spirit, I think, you know, sometimes we think that, you know, the English way is the only way. And if we just read the English word spirit, we will miss what I believe God was trying to describe here, what he was trying to tell us. But if we just read it like that, it says, oh, you know, God's spirit was just 
hovering over the deep. But I believe he was trying to take us to a deeper level. And he was trying to describe something there because the Bible is actually describing a scenario where breath is involved where the breath of God is involved, where he was breathing over the surface of the deep. So, because the word spirit in the Hebrew is ruach, and it literally means air in motion or breath. And the Greek word for spirit is wind or breath. It's the word pneuma, and it means wind or breath. So I think it's safe to read this scripture like this, and it makes all the difference in the world. It says, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the breath of God was hovering over the waters. And God spoke, or he breathed, and there was light. See, I think I... I want you to understand that wherever you're at, he can breathe light into your darkness. He can breathe life into your desperation. God's spirit or his breath always brings life. Proverbs 18, 21 says the power of life and death is in the tongue. It's in the breath. It's in the spoken word. That's why it's so important that we speak life. The Bible says that God breathed into the, into the nostrils of Adam. I love it. Genesis 2, 7 says the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. But can I ask some of you ladies that are out there, what about Eve? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm reading that. It says, God breathed life into the nostrils of Adam. But can I tell you, it never says that he breathed life into Eve. But here's what it does say. It says in Genesis 2, 2, and, and I don't know about you, but you know, I sometimes I think, okay, God, really? You gave Adam breath, <laughs> but what about us? And it says, but Genesis 2, says, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of man and he brought her to the man. And I'm thinking, okay, Adam got breath. We got a rib. I mean, come on. <laughs> so what about the breath of God? So here's what I want you to understand, because as I started reading this, I thought, I don't know about you, but that kind of bothered me. Why would God not have breathed into Eve? like he breathed into Adam. But here's why. Because life was in the bones. I love that. Life was in the bones. Ezekiel talks about bringing, breathing life into the dead bones, into the dry and weary bones. And they came back to life because life is in the bones. See, also, we've heard so many times that Eve was taken from the rib of Adam because they were called to walk together in unity. They were called to walk side by side. And that is true, but it is definitely not the end of the story. That's not all there is to it. Because what is the purpose of the, the ribs? I asked, you know, I started saying, God, why did you give us a rib? I mean, why couldn't it have been a femur? Or why couldn't it have been, you know, a hip bone? Or why couldn't it have been the funny bone so that we could just laugh our way through life? Why did God breathe into Adam but not into Eve? Why did God give Eve a rib instead of some other bone? in his body because there is life in the bones. But here's what I want you to know is that he gave Eve a rib because what do the ribs do? What are the purpose of the ribs? The ribs are in us to protect our lungs and our lungs house 
the breath. So ladies, for some of you who are out there and you say, I have no purpose. For those of you who think, what is my purpose? Can I tell you that you are called to be a rib? You are called to protect the breath. You are called to protect the breath of God in your home. You're called to protect the breath of God in your family. You're called to wake up in the morning and welcome in the breath and the presence of God in your home. You are called to be the protector of his presence. That is what you are called to be. God gave Eve a rib because he wanted her to protect the breath. He wanted her to protect the presence of God. And see, there are five things I think that you need to know, and I'm going to go through these quickly. The first thing, the five things you must know about the breath of God. First thing is his breath gives you life. Job 33, 4 tells us that the spirit of God has made me. The breath of the almighty gives me life. His breath is going to give you life today. Psalm 33, 6 says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. And by breath of his mouth, all their host. The second thing that you have got to know today about the breath of God is his breath drives back the enemy. Some of you are walking through a storm right now. Some of you are walking through a battle and you're on the battlefield and you're weary and you're tired. But I want you to know that the breath of God can strengthen your body to sustain the battle. I want you to know that the enemy only attacks in waves because he cannot sustain the battle. But you can sustain the battle because it's the breath of God in us that keeps us moving forward, keeps us pushing forward, keeps us pursuing the victory in our lives. The enemy may be able to attack, but he only attacks in waves, but we can keep pushing forward in the midst of all that's going on. See, we can go forward and we can conquer because we have the breath of God inside of us. His breath drives back the enemy. Job 26, 13 says, by his breath, the heavens are cleared. His hand has pierced the fleeing serpent. The number three thing that you need to know about the breath of God is that the breath of God brings understanding in your life. Job 32, 8 says, but it is a spirit in man and the breath of the almighty that gives them understanding. See, there's been times in my life where I have been in a place where I could not make heads or tails of what was going on in my life. But when I invite the presence of God and he opens my heart, opens my mind to see clearly the things that he wants to see. And I'm going to share in later uh, video, live videos about the visions that God has given me when I was in that place of in the being in the presence of God. But number four is his breath will heal your bones. Ezekiel 37, five through six says, thus says the Lord God in these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. See, I don't know about you, but I have had some health issues this past year, but it is the breath of God that has walked me through because I have determined, I don't know, there's a point that comes that I have determined that I'm going to praise where the enemy tried to take me out. I'm going to praise where I should have died. I'm going to praise in the place that the enemy tried to make me uh, worthless, tried to make me feel defeated. In those moments, in the lowest moments, in the moments where the enemy has just come in and just attacked so viciously, you know what I'm going to do to counter him? I'm going to give praise to the living God. I'm going to give praise to the one who brings hope. See, it is in his presence that I am made whole. It is the breath of God that wakes me gently in the morning. When I wake up, 
and things seem to be going wrong. It's his breath that gently wakes me in the morning. It is his breath that lulls me to sleep and sings songs of victory over me at night. And it is his breath that pushes me in my desperate pursuit of him throughout the day. It is the breath of God that fuels the flame in my heart. But the fifth thing that I want you to know is we were meant to give breath back to God. We were meant to give him back what he has given us so freely. Did you know that there are 150 Psalms and the Psalm 150, the very last Psalm simply states, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. He is giving you his breath so that in our pursuit of him, that that breath that is in us will come out and will lift up and give him praises. So I don't know what you're going through today, but you know what? I love what Romans 8:11 says. It says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And if that same spirit raised Christ from the dead, then it will quicken our mortal bodies. It will breathe life into us. That same spirit, that same breath that came and blew and brought back Christ from the dead can bring life to our mortal bodies. So if you're looking for life today, it's the breath of God that gives you. You know, I love because have you ever wondered why babies cry when they're born? Have you ever wondered why everyone is in anticipation for the sound, that beautiful sound of their child crying when they're born? And everyone holds their breath just to hear the sound of the crying. It's because when a child is born and they cry for the very first time, what they're really doing is breathing and giving praise back to the one that gave them life. And God is listening for some of you to cry out today. He's listening for you to cry out and to give breath back to him, to cry out, to breathe and to say, Father, I need you. Thank you. He wants to do a work in your life. He wants to do a miracle in your life. The Bible declares that he inhabits the praises of his people. Do you know why he inhabits your praises? Because your breath, you're giving that breath back to him that he so freely gave to you on the cross. When he breathed his last and he breathed out and the Holy Spirit went and met a group of people who were desperate in an upper room, that same breath flooded their life and gave them strength to overcome gave them strength to walk forward, gave them strength and the ability to have purpose and destiny in their life. It gave them power. It gave them the ability to go forward and do what they were created to do. You wonder what you're created for? You're created to bring praise to the one who gave you life, to give you breath. See, you may have walked through a difficult year like I've walked through, but in that difficult time, what the enemy is going to hear coming from my camp is the voice of praise going up to the one who gave me life. See, and I believe that that's what sends confusion in the camp of the enemy. Because as we give praise and the breath begins to swirl all around us, it sends confusion into the camp of the enemy. 
You want to run the enemy out today? Begin to praise. You want to run the enemy out today? Begin to create a breathing room for the presence of God to flow. So I'm going to just tell you today, I'm just going to pray with you. Because I pray that wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, whatever's going on in your life, that you'll feel his breath flow over you. That you'll feel his presence enter in wherever you are. Whatever you're doing. Whatever you need today. See, I've learned that the enemy isn't attacking me. He's attacking the very breath that lives inside me. He's attacking the very thing that God has placed inside of me that he'll never have access to. And that's the breath of God. So I ask you today, just take a deep breath and begin to cry out. Begin to lift up your voices. Begin to sing praises to him. It's, our, it's his breath in our lungs that runs out the darkness, that runs out the despair, that runs out all the chaos. And we're going to be talking about so many things on these Facebook lives. But I want you today to understand the breath of God changes everything. The breath of God sustains us. The breath of God breathes life into your mortal bodies. I pray that today that you create a breathing room. It doesn't have to be a physical place, a physical room, but it does have to be a place where you say less of me, God, more of you. I want everything in me to fade away so that the breath of God can change me. See, I lived the whole half of my life insecure, in a place of desperation until I realized what I was lacking and that was the breath of God in my life. and it changed me it changed me to a place where I could hear his voice because when he breathes in you you truly live and today I pray you truly live as you take in the breath Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for being a part, and I'll see you again next week. Wow, that was powerful. Hey, if you're watching this right now, I, I just want to tell you that as Karen was sharing, I was in my office, and the, uh, the presence of God filled our home. It was pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, pretty supernatural. And if you're watching right now, you need to know that that was so good. The, the rib protects the lungs. Well, this lady protects my lungs. But I believe that today is the launch of something so beautiful and so powerful for you. You know, this weekend we're going to be in Miami with the Alessis ministry. We've been seeing outbreaks of God. And we want to encourage you that she's, you're going to do this every week, right? The breathing room is going to be something that, it really it was birth in the furnace where God spoke to her and said, you have to do this. And boy, she wrestled with it. She wrestled with it. But happy birthday, beautiful. And uh, 29 again. 29 again. 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 <laughs> um, whatever you're walking through, walk out to your front porch or your backyard and just let God breathe on you. 
He will breathe on you right now. He'll, he'll refresh you. How do I know this? Because as I was sitting in my office just a moment ago, the other side of the house, man, the glory of God filled our home. And uh, God's using the nobodies. He's using the ones like you and I that there's just no reason. <laughs> Why would he use us? So whatever you're walking through, let him breathe on you. And I want to tell you, this, this was powerful. And uh, I just had to come and just tell her, wow, it's the voice to the nations. God bless you.